Welcome back to part 2 guys Now part 1 has been very very interesting Now for more of um, the stories from Mr. Zul And his experience as a teacher And as someone who does youth empowerment um, Let's just continue in part 2 Hello guys, welcome back to part 2 of our podcast with Mr. Zul. Once again, I am your host, Nabil Jas. And I am Shafiq. Now, where we stopped at part 1 was the activities Mr. Zul does with his students as a Malay teacher and how he integrates social media into his teaching methods. Now, let's just dive in deeper into that and let's understand further. Mr. Zul, how do you actually like use social media effectively as a teacher to engage with students. You know, because I feel like students, right, they have their own perception of social media. Mm-hmm. So when anyone else tries to do it, right, they might find it cringy or like a bit try hard, you know, that kind of reaction from students, right? Because we as teens sometimes feel like we are the most knowledgeable in terms of social media usage. Mm-hmm. Like, I think most of us can relate to that. How do you as a teacher, like, I don't know, overcome that or make it relatable to the students? Mm, okay, so um, talking about social media and how I use it to weave it into my lessons. So I think I have to start off by saying that it takes a lot of effort to think of how to properly weave it in. You know, you don't want to just weave something in for the sake of doing it and then not knowing why you do it. Okay. Yeah. So for example, when I try to weave Instagram into my lessons or TikTok, I will always ask myself, why am I doing it? I remember Mm. the very first time I used TikTok in my lesson uh, last year. Back then, TikTok was still rather new. And Mm -hmm. I think pretty much nobody would think of TikTok as an avenue for lessons, educational content. (laughs) Yeah, but I saw it as an interesting platform because the kids were very into, you know, the Malay songs and all the moves and all that. (laughs) The bunga. Yeah. (laughs) So when I think about it, hey, it's actually a good method to teach kosakata, which is a oh, vocabulary. Oh. Okay. Right? So, for example, if you say um, a, a certain song, for example, with a certain action, and you're supposed to do the action, mm-hmm. uh, then okay. um, I, I remember, like, for example, andainya waktu bisa berputar kembali. Right? Berputar uh-huh. is, um, uh, if I were to translate it, is time turns around. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, when they do berputar, they actually do it that way, right? Ber- oh, they actually spin. Bali. They actually spin it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I ask, why do they spin it? Yeah. Then they actually realize that you spin because it is the action of turning. Okay. Yeah. So I use it to explain to them that yeah, it's actually related to turning. Ah. ah. And this are done with your sec. One I student? I do it with my sec. Uh, actually, sec one, two, three. Oh, so you do it with all levels? Yes, I do it with all levels. So in a way, you try to teach like 
words in play through songs and actions. Yes, correct. So that was uh, my first lesson. I remember using it for kosakata. Yeah. How then, how was the students' reception? Did they find it weird? Ah. Uh, At first, at first, when they did it, I was asking them, "Are you even aware of why you are doing it this way?" You know, like when you do the actions, you do the songs. I told them, "You're actually learning the vocabulary." But of course, Malay songs are limited, lah. We don't have that many Malay songs, so I used whatever that was available to teach them the idea of kosakata. And I told them, uh, "Now it's your turn. Select a song, and if it were a TikTok song, how would what kind of actions would you do?" To teach a certain concept to the public, lah, you know, and that's how mm-hmm. I started off weaving it into my lessons. Were any example that was like funny or like amazing to you, uh, like what your students? Did? Yeah, they had they had a lot of uh, interesting ideas. I remember most of them were using the rap songs of of current day. Uh, some of them were using mm-hmm. uh, songs that would listen to like Hakim Rusli, and then. Uh, they have to do it in detail, lah. So, for example, they say, "Oh, for example, if uh, someone said Jiwaku Remu, for example, Remu is uh, mm-hmm. crashed." Um, so I asked them, "How are you going to display it in an action? If you had to oh. teach the public the word Remu and they don't know about it, what kind of action would best signify that concept of being shattered? Yeah, either you want to do it this way or whatever. It's up to you, lah. You know. So yeah, yeah, yeah." Oh, that that is really interesting. So I think that's a new that's a new way um, teachers now will actually try to find or try to do to engage the students to teach words, which I think is a lot better because you make the students themselves like think of ways to teach. Agree. Because agree. yeah, because I I have heard I've heard somewhere that when you are learning something, in a way to prepare to teach it, mm-hmm. you learn more than trying to understand it just by itself. True. And I think uh, one one fun, uh, funny incident which uh-huh. I I remember day today was after I taught them all the TikTok songs and I was telling them uh-huh. about the kosakata right. So um, you know the comprehension, the one where they ask you for vocabulary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I use all the TikTok words that they learned. Oh. oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it was funny because during the test, I saw that they were trying to remember. They were trying to do the action. <laughs> during the test, to, to decipher, decipher the meaning, and I realized, yeah, that's one of the ways where you learn. You don't only learn through memory, right? Yeah. Ah. Uh, oh, that's like imagine, ah, uh, Mr. Zul in class, that everyone student just start moving their arms in like weird directions just to remember the words. Yeah, that was exactly what happened, and I know. Okay, so they know the concept, but now it's about the explaining part. Can they tell me I that see. it's about turning, spinning? You know, that's what I want to see. I mean, then I guess it's not wrong. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Save us. I mean, like, is for for me, it's like pretty relatable, lah. Uh, Cause like there there are some mm. like stuff when when you like when like Nabil, I'm pretty sure you've like experienced it before. <laughs> like let's say like during an exam or something, then you try to remember something, right? You you try to use <laughs> your like special <laughs> methods of memorizing that certain content. <laughs> like I remember like that yeah, there yeah, some yeah. things we would, like like re- sing it in a song or something so that we can remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want um maths formula. Mm. You have to remember it. Then my our teacher showed showed a song, and I was like singing the song <laughs> during the, in the lecture, eh, in the exam hall just to remember the formula. Ah. But yeah, but yeah, that's true. That's true. So these are the ma- I, I guess methods. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not wrong for me to say that your students must enjoy your lessons a lot because they get to move, they get to like <laughs> interesting things that just not like require them just to sit and listen to you. Hmm, I hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be, but I guess. Ah, uh, 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 yes. Sorry. Uh, I just say like 
it will be more memorable like for them like there'll, there'll be a lesson that they will like mm-hmm. remember for quite a while because it's something unique not all the teachers do it yeah mm. exactly I, I think the most interesting lessons like me and Shafiq will always remember is that if really the lessons where we do something strange or ridiculous mm. you know you might not like remember it immediately but then when someone talks about it like, oh yeah, yeah I remember that yeah. so I think those lessons are the ones that stick in the minds of the students lah. yes because I think one of the things that is very important to me lah, is that I tell my students after four years with me let's say if I do take you through four years you're not going to remember all my idioms or my imbohan my uh, suffixes and prefixes you're only going to remember what was taught in class in terms of values or the experiences so true, I try true. to bring the experiences to them to make it relatable to them. They enjoy yes. the lessons and that's what is important. Oh yes, that's very true. I think mm-hmm. if you were to ask me and Shafiq, right, if you were to remember one Malay teacher, right, if it's not our um, normal Malay teacher who like takes us every other lesson, you remember this uh, teacher we call Cik oh, Gumanan? Yeah. And we don't remember the lessons for the, le- the things he teach. Mm. <laughs> it's for the things he like, say to us during lesson, like his stories, his values he tries to imp- part to us those are the things we remember but not really the things he taught us yeah. per se agree, agree. So, but that again not every teacher mm-hmm. can do that mm-hmm. like you know you are able to in a way successfully integrate or weave in social media and modern apps and technology into mm-hmm. teaching your students mm-hmm. how about those other teachers where they don't do it. No, we can't really say they are like old school. Mm-hmm. There are some teachers around your age or so who don't do it or they can't mm-hmm. just seem to do it properly. Why is that so? Okay, I think all of us are different. And while some of us are just a bit more in in uh, sync with these kind of things, some of us are not. Mm-hmm. It also depends on what kind of personality the teacher has. If the teacher is someone who is more of a read and write or more of a literature person who likes to read, for example, it might um, come across in the teaching methods of that particular teacher. So all of mm-hmm. us have our own strengths and weaknesses. Lah. Like for me, I would say, um, while I like the engaging bit, maybe if I were to teach uh, literature and things that are a bit more in-depth regarding the book, maybe another teacher would be better off than me and I will have to learn from the other person. So it also boils down to our strengths as a teacher and our weaknesses as well. And I guess just sadly, some of the teacher's strengths like they're just not able to use them through Zoom or through Google Classroom exactly. that kind of stuff. Like I, I do share with my students as well when they complain, for example, when they say, oh, this teacher doesn't do that. But we'll ask them, maybe the strength of the teacher is in caring for you or really sitting down and having conversations with you. That cannot mm, happen over yes, Zoom. Yes. So mm-hmm. I always remind them that you must also be fair to your educators and not all of us are the same. I think True. getting them to know that is very important because I always tell them, if you want me to treat all of you like individuals, all my students in class are different, right? Then you must mm-hmm. also do the same to your teachers. You cannot just lump all of us into the same category and expect us to do the same things. Speaking of which, okay. mm, speaking I'll of be- which, uh, I, I've always wondered, like as a teacher, like obviously everyone has like different mm-hmm. teaching styles. Like, do you mm-hmm. teachers ever like discuss with one another, hey, I like the way you teach. Uh, can, can I like, uh, find out more about how you teach so that I can use it in my lesson also. Oh yes, all the time, Shafiq. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. So what happens, um, teaching is not only in class, we have other sessions as well. We have sharing sessions, we have sessions where we do project work amongst teachers as well. Um, whereby, let, let's say, if I want to find out whether TikTok is suitable in my classroom, for example, and that is my project title, 
a few of us can actually go into working that project, working for that project together. Mm. Yeah, mm. we integrate it into our classrooms. We see, we have discussions. The discussion bit must happen. So, like for example, okay. I remember when uh, one of my strengths is actually in teaching the um, based on what people say lah. Um, I do well when I teach the normal academic and the express classes because it's more wow. wordy, the memory work and all that. Okay. Yeah, but when I teach my, um, for example, my normal tech classes, well, when I teach my normal tech classes and my methods have to be a bit more visual and activity-based, I realize that, mm. that is where my weakness lies as a teacher. I see. Yes, because you can't really incorporate those kind of things to your teaching. Correct. When I look at the format, for example, If I were to do composition, if I were to do uh, comprehension, I can do it in an express class because that is the focus of that particular group. But in uh, normal tech, when you look at the paper and you realize that the component of the paper is more vocabulary, then I realize, oh no, if I that could be my weakness, and that is where I will always go to my seniors who have done these levels before, and I will ask them, what did you do in your class? Can I learn from you? Uh, the exchange of knowledge must happen. So even as a teacher, um, there are things you need to learn in terms of how you teach, and you cannot just teach everyone the same way. Yeah. Exactly. So I could ah. be teaching. Okay, the interesting thing about being a teacher is you can teach the same syllabus over and over again, but okay. with a different class, you will teach it in a different way. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Like I think I have taught secondary one three times in a row, three different years. But in all three years, I use completely three different methods because the method I use for the first year cannot work okay. for the second year, and it also cannot work for the third year. Ah, uh, okay. So that must be really difficult, right? Just like try to adapt every single year. Cannot mm. rest on your laurels. You know, must keep adapting to different changes. Most and all. definitely, you always have to adapt, and you cannot assume that there is a uniform, one size fit all uh, teaching method. And that that applies across all levels. You can't do that. This is a bit of a question, personal lah. Mm. Uh, I remember there are some teachers in my school mm-hmm. that uh, like give up <laughs> on the class <laughs> because they don't like pay attention or like they just cannot keep concentrating. Then sometimes we think about it like, why you give up on us? Your lesson damn boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you? Avoid that with your class, or what? What do you have to say, like, about those kind of teachers? Is it like the teachers' fault, the students' fault? You know, those kind of things. Okay, I think uh, very interesting uh, question that you have. Um, my response to that, I will okay. I'll be as neutral as possible, but <laughs> I have to say that um, teachers are also humans. We also make mistakes, and sometimes we also give in to our frustrations. And yeah. I think something which we also hope our students will know is that sometimes it can be very frustrating when you try to teach and you think it's the best method, but your kids just don't get it. Uh, yeah. So although maybe it it might not come across very politely as them giving up on the class, it could also be an internal <laughs> frustration where I'm doing my best. Why is it that they are not producing results? So it's more of an internal uh, frustration. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Have I ever experienced such a frustration? I have before in my ten years of teaching. There's, I remember um, one or two particular classes where when I step in, mm-hmm. I just <laughs> don't want to step in. <laughs> <laughs> so teachers also feel that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but when I think back now on why I feel that way, it has got nothing to do with the students. It's not because ah. the the kids are bad 
or they are from a certain stream, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just the fact Ooh. that when I step into this class, I feel that I'm not the best teacher for this class. I feel that there was there could have been a better teacher to take them uh. and let them score. So again, it's my internal uh, insecurities as a teacher, but it's playing out, out on me as I teach that class that I'm given. Oh, wow, mm. okay. Uh, it, makes me, it makes me see that teacher <laughs> completely differently. <laughs> oh, yeah, the thing is, wow, teacher also like, before class can feel insecure about teaching the class. Okay, that's can. interesting to know. Like, okay, like for me, for example, I like, um, I like having activities. Like, I think you, you would already know by now. I like having my activities. I like having fun in class. But there are some yeah. classes that I go to as early as sec one. They just say, I don't want to play your activities. I just want exam paper. I just want my A. Oh. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh. Ah, so, I, I remember when I did my mid-year review with a particular group of students and they were in the lower secondary. The feedback uh-huh. that was given to me is that, okay, left fun lessons and all that, but I want exam paper. I just want my A1. Mm-hmm. I don't care about what you're teaching. So, that can be very demotivating. Like, then why am I spending my time for you? Ah, uh, they okay. have to realize that for me to come up with activities, for me to come up with PowerPoint slides, I, I always remind them, it doesn't fall down from the sky. I have to do it at night. So if you're telling oh. me that this, might as well I just photocopy exam papers and give it to you. You will get your A eventually. Lah. But did you enjoy the process of the four years? Ah, uh, so it's a mismatch. Students cannot get lah. Ah, that's why. Yeah, so, so, so if like your okay. difficulties and such like when teaching, how, how do you always like how are you always so motivated mm. as a teacher? Mm. Okay, I think for me, how I motivate myself is whenever I experience downs like this, first, I will give myself a chance to reflect and speak to the group first. Like I told you when I encountered the problem with that particular group of students, I had a chat with them. I asked them, what's wrong? Is it my lesson? Am I boring? Are you not motivated? Or am I teaching wrongly? You know, wrongly, mm. not in terms of content, but in terms of the style. You tell me what you want me to do. Okay. Yeah. If, let's say, after all these things, it still doesn't work out, but I know that I'm doing my best, I always remind myself of why I do what I do. Right? Uh, There's always bound to be that few groups that you cannot connect with and you cannot blame yourself for that. So I remind myself that as well. As long as you try your best. Lah. Yes, I've done my best. Uh, I might not be able to connect with this group, but I cannot expect all groups to be the same. So I'll always mm-hmm. remember my students of past who have been with me before, who have succeeded in their own life. Fun fact about mm-hmm. them, I started teaching at 19. So my oldest student Whoa. is 17 back then. My oldest student is now 29, 28 years old. That, I'm 31 this year. Wow, like friends, right? Yeah. So when I was 19, <laughs> I took them at 5. So my students and myself, the age range... Some of them are now dads and mums with kids, you know, and wow. I still see them like, wow, I remember you in sec 4, I remember you in sec 3. Wait, how are you as a 19-year-old teacher teach someone just like two years younger than you? Isn't that like awkward? Yeah. Like, te- like senior <laughs> teach junior. <laughs> it was. So during my relief teaching days, when I wanted to know whether or not teaching is for me, I started mm-hmm. teaching at, at that point in time, it was statewide secondary school. So that was my very, very first uh, introduction into the world of teaching. But okay, okay lah, whatever that was thrown at me, I just thought back then I thought social studies, I thought English language, the teacher gone maternity yeah. leave. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it was a memorable experience. So I still do uh, keep in touch with them until now. You know, they come mm. over to my house for Raya, we do have chats every once in a while. And it's always very motivating to get texts from them to tell me, 
you know, uh, sure, they will take a picture of this and they tell me, uh, five years ago, seven years ago, you did this with us. So, oh, la, 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 these things so keep me going, yeah. Ah, you know, I can only imagine like, as 10, like having been 10 years in the teaching industry, some people will burn out already, you know. Like, mm. Some people like, I just like throw everything away like you know I want to stop teaching because you're tired or something mm-hmm. but even until now like mm-hmm. you are able to adapt to like new challenges and like even find more interesting ways and not just like you know stick to what you already know and just try to implement mm-hmm. implement implement Correct. which I feel like is amazing as a teacher thank you and then the, the fact that all these students like uh, remember you and all mm-hmm. confirm that there's like, like one particular student that had the greatest impact on you right Like I don't know. Like sometimes you read inside newspaper, mm-hmm. students went from wrecks to riches, or like mm-hmm. students who like bad boy to successful businessman. Mm-hmm. Is there any like particular student in your ten years of teaching who has that kind of impact on you? Like and then make you feel like, oh, I was part of his journey. Um. Okay, I have had a few students like that, and while I don't usually remember them as like. Um, bad boy to someone successful or someone mm. who was uh, poor to now very rich. I think maybe there may have been, but it's not surface. What I do remember mm. is the students who have impacted me based on uh, mm. what they share of me. So ah. I I remember okay. one of my students. Uh, I shall not name the student here, but I remember okay. this one particular student is the one where whenever I have problems, I will look back mm-hmm. and remember. How I managed to impact his life as a P4 student back then, I was only okay. teaching him for two months, three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on the last day of school, he cried, and he created a scene in class. He went out of class because he said, mm. "You're not going to teach me next year." Oh. Yeah, and back then he was in P4. I played it. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, uh, these kind of things actually motivate me. And this student is already now 22, 23. We still do keep in contact, and I remember oh. one particular instance as well. Um, how I know that I motivated a student was when I myself sometimes when I get frustrated when my former students see me frustrated they will text me and say if you ever feel like giving up Ooh. remember you succeeded with me so don't give up wow. <laughs> wow 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 imagine getting those random texts from students like what even I when I hear it like I feel like goosebumps because like ah. something about like have uh, having create a connection with someone and having mm-hmm. able to like impact someone's lives mm-hmm. is something not everyone is able to do mm-hmm. and sometimes even without realizing agree and I think you as a teacher after like hundreds and hundreds of students sometimes that one particular student who you might have changed his life forever mm-hmm. you wouldn't even notice that yes. until he said, says that about you correct which I feel is like oh really amazing lah mm-hmm. is there like any other stories you want to share about like students who really like uh, amazed you or something like Yeah, if I were to think of it, it's basically pretty much these actions, lah. Because I don't keep, it, okay, I I don't try to catch in on them to see how successful they have gone, and I'll compare them back and mm. forth. But I remember okay. as and when, whenever they text me and I see things like this, then I will be reminded of the time that I took them. So um, another instance that I remember was uh, very recently, one of these boys texted me as well. I think now he's twenty six or twenty seven years of age. Um, okay. He showed me the certificate he gave me when he was 15. Back then he was 15 uh-huh. years old. He created a set for me. Um, back okay. then I was teaching English yeah. language. So it's the best English language teacher award. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 
And uh, when he texted me just to share with me how he's doing in his life and whether I remember that particular cert from him, even after 10 to 11 years, then you know that you have impacted this student. And this is the kind of people that you want to keep in your in your your, your um, circle, la, your social circle. Oh, okay. Why do you want to keep them is because whenever you have bad days, whenever you have days where you feel like quitting, you always remind yourself that... Um, you know, this could be just one of the off days and you shouldn't mm-hmm. give up because of an off day. Ah. Mm. I think if you, the listeners out there, if you could see like how Mr. Zul looks like when he talks about his past students, right? I think you can really, you can really see like how he like admires them, loves them a lot and he really does enjoy what he does. And actually, I forgot to touch about this part. Mm. Ah. He's CCA, NPCC. <laughs> He's yeah, so Mr. Zul is also an NPCC uh, cadet, uh, no, not cadet, NPCC teacher, of teacher officer. You have done your homework yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you posted a lot on your social media, like in terms of your stories, in terms of your uh, post itself. Mm-hmm. You seem to really be uh, close-knitted with your cadets. Mm-hmm. And what's that? You really seem to enjoy being a teacher officer of NPCC. Mm-hmm. How did you get NPCC, like because I know teachers can choose, right? Mm-hmm. And how has your journey been so far as a teacher officer? Mm, okay, would you believe me if I say it was also by chance? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, a bit of a brief history of myself in national service. I was from the Civil Defense Force, uh, ah. and and my vocation, my full time vocation, was actually in NCDCC. I don't know whether you have heard of that. Oh, yes, national, my brother's in NCDCC. Ah, National Civil Defense Cadet Corps. So yeah. I was the um, assistant field officer. Whenever they have activities, whenever they have promotion ceremonies, I'm the one planning it for national service back then. Okay. Yeah, I was in charge of 35 schools at that point in time. And um, basically the HQ side of it. So that was my experience as a uniformed officer. Okay. Yeah, so because of that experience, it pretty much stuck with me. When I came to a school, they look at my past experience, it is almost a given that I will get a UG, uniform group, no matter how much yes. I try to avoid it. Yeah. If you, <laughs> Did ask, you try to avoid it? Uh, if you ask me, I actually wanted sports as my CCA. They uh, wanted sports. Like... Yeah, no, I don't play football, oh. sadly. <laughs> but I support Manchester <laughs> United. <laughs> Wow, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan here, so like... Oh, mm. no. Okay, I respect my fans, though. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what I do is that... Why I wanted sports is I wanted a different challenge. I know that UG has been for me. I've been doing it pretty much uh, many years. I wanted a challenge. So, I wanted to try a sports CCA. But okay. something about schools and we do understand the fact is sometimes we're also posted not according to what we want but what we are strong at for the benefit mm-hmm. of the students which I do understand so okay. I was eventually posted to NPCC and I took up the challenge lah. I said okay if that's where you're going to post me I will try my best mm. mm-hmm. And so is it only in your current school or has it been like a long term thing this NPCC uh, it's in my current school so in my current school I'm in NPCC but I wasn't it's not my first uniform group uh, in my previous ah. school that I taught at, I was allocated scouts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was a scouts teacher in charge. Uh, then after that, I went on to... Oh, there was only one school. My previous school before Woodlands Ring that it was a bit off. Oh. Um, oh. They assigned me to robotics. 
Oh, yeah, okay, which I have no, completely no <laughs> background on. So that is where I share with you. Sometimes we are given uh, profiles based on what might benefit the students or what is necessary at that point in time. I see. Yeah, so same case as NPCC, lah, I was given and eventually I accepted and I just told them, okay, lah, if that's where you think I'm suited for, then let's just do it. And I learned the ropes uh, accordingly. Lah. Mm. And so far, I think you've quite enjoyed your time in NPCC. Wow. Yes, time flies. It's been five years. <laughs> wow, five, five years. years. Yeah, yes. I Wait, five years ago, how old was I? <laughs> I was the... oh, it's like one. Hey, damn, 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 yeah, I started okay. my journey with NPC in 2016. Oof. Mm. Wow, time flies. Uh. Like, yeah, when you think about it, uh, so many things happen. Uh. Correct. <laughs> well, 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 why are your plans as a teacher like you know knowing that you have this created this strong bond with your students mm-hmm. you know you created your strong ties with your cca mm-hmm. will there ever be a time where you feel like you know it's time for me to move on and do something new or like is this going to be a line you stay until you're like 60 70 years old <laughs> this question <laughs> is always given to me you know and i think one of the interesting things is as you grow older it kind of changes <laughs> On your responses. So when I first started off, I knew that um, teaching might be what I want to do in the long run. And I'm very sure that it is something which I will settle for. Lah. Uh, as okay. I grow older, I think it's changing. Not that I don't want to teach anymore, but I think um, with the profile that I have and also with my level of experience, perhaps I might also want to shift the focus of people mm-hmm. that I impart my knowledge to. So I was actually thinking... Um, I started off as a primary school teacher, then I moved on to mm-hmm. secondary school. And to be honest, I really love teaching in a secondary school. It is, um, I would say, my forte. Lah. If I had to choose, I would think it's a secondary school. Even though okay. that's where all the drama happens and all the fights happen. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. I do have my off days with my kids where we argue, you know, like really downright argue. We have all those moments. Seriously? I do. Wow. um, You can ask my kids as a form teacher, although I might seem a bit friendly, they always describe me as the fierce and firm one who whenever they see, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, shucks, he's taking me. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I had experience with those kind of teachers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I might want to shift it down to, um, if you realize my Instagram, I'm also showing my lessons, not for students, but for new teachers. Ah, yeah, okay. the newer batch of teachers who are new in the industry, teaching industry, who may also need, um, who may also need a thing or two to learn from, then they are free to browse through what I've done and pick it and hopefully implement it in their own schools wherever they go. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. So you're expanding not only to students but even teachers to learn yes. from you. Correct. I hope so. I mean, not that I'm saying I'm a good role model, but I feel <laughs> it's about time for me to venture out of my own comfort zone, which is just students. I know I'm going to do well mm-hmm. at it if I just continue, but I'm going to ask myself, what else can I do? How else can I challenge myself? Yeah. And I think this is one area where I can challenge myself, lah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to say that you're a good role model your students have already advocated that for you so I don't think that's a worry for you like I people, hope so <laughs> <will> spread. <laughs> yeah like um, looking back at your 10 years of teaching right mm-hmm. um, what is one or uh, what are the experiences that when you look back you're like uh, this is my best 
it's time like that was the, my best period as a teacher like I don't know it can be a particular event a particular thing you did as a uh, as a teacher was there any particular event okay um one of the things which I think comes with the line of teaching is that you have to accept the fact that you're technically uh, <laughs> a self-proclaimed celebrity okay <laughs> what Okay, what what is the proclaimed celebrity is that wherever you go, you will definitely be realized, uh, recognized by your students, by people okay. around. You cannot um, exit the public eye, and I think that is something which uh, it has been interesting for me, but it has also <laughs> changed my life in a way which I cannot have ever imagined. So people who know me would describe me more of yeah, I, you can you see that I can talk and you see that I'm friendly, but I am actually more of an introvert. Mm. Yeah, so um, being recognized by people in public and all that, it does get to me because it can be quite scary. But I think mm-hmm. it comes with the job. And I have a lot of very interesting experience whereby Ooh. I am recognized not only by my students, but their friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. if you look at the followers and you're wondering <laughs> how it ever reached 5K, it's not because I have 5K students, but the <laughs> ones who follow me on my profiles are actually my students' friends from other schools. Ah, yeah, and they got uh, to know you from them, their friends, and your Instagram page, everything. I think so, and then they will just leave me a message, and they say, "Oh, hi, I you don't know me, but let oh. me introduce myself. I'm the friend of so and so. You thought this person before, mm. yeah. Uh, so that is something which I find interesting because I find that that influence. That's why I mentioned the word self-proclaimed celebrity because you never ever imagine that you'll be known by strangers. But be- yeah. you think this student, this student friend know you and he wants to get to know you better. It is in your mm-hmm. line to also maybe help the person because he sees you as a model. He sees you as someone who yeah. he maybe can help him through. And yeah, yeah. that is one of the things which I find fulfilling about the job. That you really know a whole array of people and mm-hmm. you can impact their lives. You are given the opportunity to impact their lives if you do. Wow. Yeah. And I think from all that, you don't... I think... Is better than becoming a radio DJ, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say all of them have their own challenges, and I'm pretty sure if I went on the other line, it would have been another set of experiences uh, altogether. Yeah. But I am thankful for the journey that I took, lah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But either way, like no matter what line you, uh, I guess no matter what line you could have taken, right? Mm-hmm. You're still in a way a celebrity in some people, like you say, a self-proclaimed celebrity because people still recognize you outside, even though you're not so-called someone that. Is meant to be looked like recognized outside. You're just a teacher. Yes, correct. That's why I think when you enter this line, also you have to enter it with the right intentions. I always remind mm. myself that it's really not about the fame, not about the glory. And whenever people talk about like, oh, you know, you are impacting this person and per- uh, another person, he knows you. You always remind yourself that I'm not in it for this. I'm in it because I want to help people. Once your intentions mm. are straight, whatever you do, it is uh, for the better, lah. Like for example, the youth empowerment series that I did. So some yes. people ask me, "Is it my own way of marketing myself? Yeah. You know, to make sure <laughs> that more people know me, not only in Singapore but regionally?" <laughs> I was telling them, "I think if that's my aim, um, you don't see me profiteering from it. You don't see me earning money from it. I'm just purely sure. doing it because I feel I want to help people out there. And yeah. whatever that I have done, I don't. The reason why I did the youth empowerment series is because I know that once it's a video." It's true. Many years down the road, whoever who needs it can just refer I mean, back to the video. Also, that your, is my influence. Yeah. Is also like everything, yeah. Because like yeah. from your uh IG series or like your IG account itself, I saw like oh I saw like a primary school teacher of mine followed you. 
uh, secondary school mm. teacher of mine followed you. Mm. Like some of my friends also. So I was like, oh, so that means uh-huh. your your series has actually like mm. touched a oh. lot of people's hearts, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I'd like to ask, uh, would what advise mm-hmm. would you give to someone who wants mm-hmm. to be a teacher? Yeah. Okay, I think when you want to be a teacher, one of the things which I can advise you on is the fact that uh, I think for the first one I've already shared with you, set your intentions straight. So why are you mm-hmm. doing this? You have to really know yourself well. Don't mm-hmm. go in with the wrong intentions of just doing it just for the sake of the money, for example. Okay. Mm. Um, while some people may say that, oh, it's fun, you know, you are, it's a stable job, you can earn a lot or whatever it is that they have to say. I always feel that if that is what you are looking for, then maybe the first few years will be okay, but then it will get painful because honestly, it is very exhausting to be a teacher. And that bit I have to really lay it down. I have to say that uh, the next advice that I have to give is you have to make sure that you can multitask. Ah, yes. What do you mean by that? Okay, why you have to learn how to multitask? Uh, one of the myths of being a teacher is that you are an 80% or 70% classroom teacher. You know, people join the teaching line because they like what they do. They teach, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were to ask me how many percent of my time is devoted to being in a classroom, to be honest, it's only 20% of my time or 25% of my time. Wow. The remainder of my time is really the other things. My CCA, my admin staff, dealing with parents, mm. being in a committee. For example, you know, the Hari Raya Committee, Teacher's Day Committee, uh, Orientation yes. Committee. Yeah, you have to juggle all these things. And you also have to make sure that you write your students' testimonials, um, oh. report book, marking. So it's a lot of juggling to do. And mm-hmm. I feel that that is where sometimes we don't realize. We enter from yeah. the passion, but later on we realize, oh, shucks, there's so many other things to do. Then it's difficult. Then mm. where the burnout happens. Lah. So this way, <laughs> um, those listening who wants to become a teacher, hope you have taken notes because like, there are a lot of things that you have to expect as a teacher. Mm. And am I right to say that one of the hardest things becoming a teacher besides the admin is the student engagement because you can do the, all your admin right but then if you aren't a people person you can't mm-hmm. really succeed as a teacher must you be a people person i think you have to be someone who cares okay to be a people mm-hmm. person i would i dare say not everyone is a people person some of them are mm-hmm. upfront people person you see that they are very interactive they can communicate well with students and it's okay but I do know of certain teachers who impact students in a completely different way than I do, which is in another way whereby they impact a certain group of people that are like them in the wow. introverted manner. Okay. Yeah. So as long as you show that you are sincere and you care, I think that is what is most important. You don't have to mm. be the extroverted, stand in front of class, uh, entertain everyone, you know. That's one of the myths. Yeah. But I think if you are caring, if you are sincere, then... Whatever it is, your profile, your personality, you will shine through as a teacher in your own way. Mm-hmm. Mm. I ever thought of becoming a teacher uh-huh. because, because of like, uh, quote-unquote, prowess in the Malay language. A lot of like my aunts or like 
my parents be like mm-hmm. ah jadi menjadi teacher lebih senang like it's easier to just become a Malay teacher mm-hmm. and then i think what it like do i really want to become a teacher because i feel like i don't have sometimes i don't have the patience for the students you mm-hmm. know maybe like i may i may be a, a people person and i can connect to people but mm-hmm. i think to teach and then to be patient and all and, mm-hmm. and juggling all ah, i don't think i can really become a teacher lah because of those kind of things patience yes you need a lot yeah, of patience <laughs> especially when you're dealing with your students <laughs> <laughs> and I think parents also right <laughs> mm, yes because you know, I think for me right one of the things which I constantly have to remind myself when I'm angry or what is that my students are students I cannot expect mm. them to think rationally as an adult because that's where I'm here lah I'm supposed to be uh-huh. so emotions aside it can be very tiring when things happen you argue with them they don't see things in your way They call you buyers, you know that kind of thing. It happens. All the time. Yeah, yes, yes. but you just have to remind yourself, be patient. In the long run, they will see what you do, and hopefully, mm. if you are sincere enough, it will shine through, lah. I think that's what's necessary. Well, that's what we all hope for. If you were to become a teacher, yeah. Um, I guess final question, since um, this whole thing is about empowering the youths themselves, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Zul, what do you have? Like, what advice do you have for us youths who are listening right now, right? Uh, what can we do to have an impact? Maybe minuscule, maybe a big impact, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people, like, say, like, oh, I cannot become those influencers who have thousands of followers mm-hmm. to make an impact. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you have to say for us youths? What can we do? Okay, a very good um, question, I would say, to some of this entire podcast. And I mm-hmm. am going to relay the advice that was actually given by the people I've interviewed. All right. Uh, uh, for yeah. those of you listening up to date, I think I've done about 45 or 46 episodes. And it's mm-hmm. on an ad hoc basis. So whenever there is someone who I want to interview, that's why I'll just call the person on board. And when mm-hmm. I ask them this exact same question, there is one response that is, I wouldn't say unanimous, not everyone says it, but a good number of them say it. So number one, okay. always remember that you have to be humble in all that you do. Um, mm. Eat the humble pie and always come from an angle of being open to criticisms, uh, constructive criticisms for you to grow. All right? Mm-hmm. So don't always take it that I'm always right or I'm always trying to find the fault of people because when we mm. are humble and we know that we have a lot to absorb from the people around us, that is where we grow. Mm-hmm. So that is one. Number okay. two, I want to say is um, remember not to doubt yourself. Okay, it sounds as a very cliched advice, but why I want to say it is because really, if I were to ask, um, let's say the two of you, Shafiq and Abil, why did you start this podcast? <laughs> no. Um, well, we answer. <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer, but we we know generally <laughs> what it's for. If I were to ask mm-hmm. anyone, are you ready to impact? We will always say. I'm not the best person or I, I, I think there are better people. But we have mm-hmm. to remember that when we impact people, we don't necessarily have to impact people in the thousands. Sometimes mm-hmm. with the little things that you do and just it takes one or two people to be impacted, I think that is already more than necessary for us to build a community of positivity. So don't mm-hmm. look at the numbers, don't look at the thousands or the hundreds and say, oh, maybe... Um, I need to impact people only if I have, let's say, 1,000 or 2,000 people in my Instagram account. It doesn't need to happen. As long as you know, whatever you are doing can impact somebody who will positively benefit from it. That's what matters. Yeah, I think that's the advice 
is very good lah because it definitely relates to me and Shafiq lah. Mm. We as podcasters sometimes may get um, caught up in the numbers, you know. Mm. We feel like, oh, so little people and you you don't feel so motivated. But then what you say is right lah. It doesn't matter how many people um, uh, listen mm. to our podcast but rather how many people get impacted by our podcast. Even if it's just one or two or even all our listeners who are listening right now are impacted by it, right? I think it's more than enough because that's what we want at the end of the day. Agree. Is to yes, correct. So mm-hmm. to the two of you and to the rest of you listening in as well, never doubt yourself and make sure that you are always um, looking forward to helping people along the way. I think grow mm-hmm. up with values and make sure that we are not caught up with popularity, we are not caught up with the fame, you know, that kind of thing. Make sure mm-hmm. that our intentions of doing things are really to help others, to build a better community and we will naturally see ourselves progress from there. Inshallah. Mm. Yeah. And we all hope to see lah. Inshallah. Inshallah. Now, well, that's, we have reached 45 minutes of our part two and I think like, it's been a very awe-inspiring podcast as a whole. We've gotten like so much advice, gotten so much stories and you know, so many other things that we all can learn from. And I think Mr. Zul has put out um, a lot of things for us youths to, to in a way, uh, listen and get something out of it from. Mm. And I think everything you said is very relatable to us. You know, you, you learn a lot about how to empower yourselves, how to empower others, how to look at your teachers in a different way and, you know, how to just respect everyone in general. Uh. And I think you guys can definitely take away a lot of things from this podcast. And I think I just want to thank you so much, Mr. Zul. It's been like amazing to have you in this podcast and uh, before we end it off of course um, follow Mr. Zul on his Instagram uh, do you want me to say it or do you want to say it Mr. Zul sure you can go ahead alright so you can follow him at Zufi which is Z-U-F-I-E uh, again at Z-U-F-I-E so that is Mr. Zul's Instagram now again in his Instagram that's where you get to find uh, his IGTV series. Um, when can our listeners catch up on your IGTV series? Where and when do you usually do it? Um, okay, currently I do it on an ad hoc basis. So whenever I see uh, a need to address something or there is someone who I feel I want to bring into my series, then I will just mm-hmm. uh, call them and hop on, bo- uh, hop on board with me. But currently, all the past episodes that I've done, I think the last one I did was a couple of months back. Um, it it's all in the IGTV component that is labeled mm-hmm. according to episodes. So feel free to yes. look back because even until today, I still see that there are there are quite a good number of people looking back and actually commenting on them. So I hope you will benefit from it. Yes, uh, if you check this IGTV again, like I said. Uh, there are a lot of noticeable names in terms of whatever industry you're looking at, be it from the entertainment, from the singing to whatever industry you're looking for they have people on his IGTV series which he has interviewed and hopefully you'll be able to get inspired from his videos. And once again, thank you so much, Mr. Zul. And I think we have garnered a lot of learning points from you today and we'll hope to keep in touch with you and hopefully if there's anything else, uh, we can uh, perhaps bring you in again or um, interact with you in the future sooner. Sure, no problem. Thank you very much. And before I go, I just want to say thank you to the both of you, uh, three of you, uh, for having me on board. And I just want to say that I am very happy and inspired by what you are doing as well, especially at your age Mm -hmm. and what you're currently doing. 
I believe it has thank an you, impact on you. people and I hope that your podcast and all of you will continue to prosper in whatever you do. Inshallah. Thank you so much, Mr. Zul. Uh, and for our listeners out there, uh, if you find this podcast uh, inspiring, um, if you find this podcast inspiring, you learn a lot of things and you're motivated from this podcast, why not spread the love, share this podcast, share both parts to your friends, to your family, to whoever you feel will benefit from this podcast. You know, share. And let's continue to grow the small community that we have here at Abel WhatsApp and to continue uh, being able to learn from others and learn from the many, many things that's going on in our lives. And especially, we as youths are definitely the next generation of people who are going to take over Singapore and do many, many other things, right? So it is very, very important for us to continue um, be motivated and be inspired to do great things in life. Now, before we end this podcast, um, if you have any, if you guys have anything else to share with us, you can DM us at our Instagram at Abro WhatsApp oh, with a double S double P, or you can contact me on my Instagram at Nabil underscore J A Z or. And if there is nothing else from the three of us today, we will see you guys next week with another episode of April What's Up. Bye-bye.